baptism is how Jesus lives his life in ours. Baptism is how Jesus lives his life through the people of Israel. And so in hearing of the baptism of Jesus and the baptism that Jesus offers, we have in our gospel today a sign of Jesus's solidarity with the people of Israel, that, that their story is really his story. Jesus living his life through ours, throughout all people, throughout history. I'd like to share uh, the baptism of Jesus um, in, in three words and give a, a little bit of a, an image for us to, um, to meditate on and to understand kind of the story of God's people, what God is doing um, in Israel and then by extension to us today. I want you to imagine that God builds a house. God in, in the Old Testament builds a house and he calls it Israel. And this house of Israel undergoes some catastrophes, some bad things that happen to them. And you can imagine the different catastrophes that might happen to us today. We look around in our world and we see the natural disasters. You might turn on the TV and see all the flooding happening in California or some of the, uh, the tornadoes in, in the south or some of those terrible snowstorms up in uh, the northeast. There are other more moral catastrophes, things like war going on um, over in the Ukraine or maybe there are the close to home um, catastrophes, the, the bad diagnosis that, that we receive or we all know these bad things that come and get visited upon um, our houses. And as a result of that, it builds up um, a lot of, a lot of um, hurt, um, a lot of a heartache in our world. And so the first thing that the Lord does is to remove, to remove the catastrophe and uh, the sin. John the Baptist speaks, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so the first thing that God does to his house is to remove the brokenness and the sin. You might imagine a, a fixer-upper house um, in your neighborhood. If anybody's ever been in um, that business or when you went and you bought your house and if it was a, a fixer-upper, the first thing we can admit, we're all fixer-uppers. Each one of us is a fixer-upper. And yet, God comes and purchases us. God comes into the neighborhood looking for a place to live. And he goes looking, not for the big uh, gated communities, but he goes looking for a fixer-upper. And he finds his people Israel, the people who have suffered catastrophe. Um, and God purchases us. And when God purchases us, when God says, that's where I want to live, that's where I want to build my house, he begins the work of removing the debris of sin and hurt and heartache. We might imagine with the floods going on in California that God, said, God goes there. God doesn't move out or look elsewhere, but he goes and looks for the places that are hurting um, the people who are suffering heartache and says, this is where I want to live my life in the most unexpected places and people. 
And so the first thing that God does when he chooses us is he begins to remove the sin. Just like after a catastrophe, there's going to be the long period of, of beginning the rebuild process. It begins first with removing um, what's broken, what's hurting. And so the first step of baptism is removing uh, whatever keeps us from God. When we celebrate baptism, we recognize this in the removal of sin. Um, Maybe the first thing that comes to mind, if I asked you, what does baptism do? You might say it removes the stain of original sin from us. That's true, but it's only the first step. Sometimes we think that that's where it ends, God removing our sin. But that's only the first step in what God is doing in our lives and what we see unfolding through um, Jesus's baptism. The second step after removing is God begins to restore us. God purchases us. God buys us back from the power of sin. He begins to remove all the effects of of neglect and, and sin and hurt and brokenness. And then God begins the process of rebuilding our lives. He restores us. In the Old Testament, um, one of the ways that the people of Israel um, came to terms or tried to understand uh, the effects of catastrophe um, was through this idea of the remnant, that though catastrophe may strike our lives, there's always something that remains. God doesn't destroy everything, or not everything is destroyed. Um, That God always gives us a hope to hold on to, We find this in our um, second reading from the prophet Isaiah um, today. Through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord promises to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. God purchases us, and then he goes about the work of restoring us back to life. And this is the life of the sacraments, the life of the church, that God begins to fill those empty and broken places with his grace and his love. He begins to build us back up in his love to raise up those walls that seem to have fallen down. Um, God raises us up back to life. This is the second part of God's promise and what's happening in baptism. Through John the Baptist, looking upon Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who removes the sin of the world, he also can begin the work of restoring us back to life in his love. But that's not quite the full story yet. God removes sin. He restores us back to life. You might say that if we're the fixer-upper, God um, begins to flip us. But God doesn't flip us and then sell us. God doesn't flip us just to make a profit off of us. And so the third and final stage is really the most important and the key to the gospel of of John, but really the key, I think, to what it means to be a Christian. God removes sin. He restores us. He raises us up back to new life. But then God remains with us. God remains with us. He doesn't fix us to sell us. God remains with us. He makes his home inside of us. We heard in our gospel 
about what John saw. What did God, what did John want to make known about Jesus? It says this, I saw the spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon us. And so John the Baptist is the first witness that the God in whom we believe in is a God who remains with us. All along the way, God has remained with his people. God never abandoned his people, and God promises never to abandon his people. But God is the one who remains with us. I'd like to share a couple passages just from uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, we don't really get to walk through the Gospel of John uh, in our uh, lectionary cycle, but that word remain is so important. And almost if we want to take any one word to understand who God is, God is the one who remains. So from the Gospel of John, if you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that remains for eternal life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I came into the world as light so that everyone who believes in me might not remain in darkness. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done. As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. Jesus shows us the God who remains with us. We might even, uh, wouldn't be a stretch to say that the entire gospel is contained in that word remain. Jesus rescues us he, from our sin. He removes sin. He raises us up just as God raised up Jesus and restores us to life. And then God remains with us. God remains with us. This is the gospel that we proclaim. It's the gospel that we need. And what greater service can we offer to one another than to remain with one another? We can't fix or prevent every catastrophe that may strike us in this life. But we do know that God remains with us and in his spirit empowers us to remain with one another in sickness and in health, in in poverty or in wealth. God remains with us through it all. And so at our baptism, just as at, um, in his baptism, God promised to remain with his people Israel, at our baptism, God makes a home in us. God removes sin, restores us with his life, and then remains with us. And so may we remain with God and with one another as he who remains with us.